Welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers, giving you the motivation and inspiration you need to make the most of your later years. Whether you're still in the planning stages or you're several years in, we'll share stories from boomers who refuse to act their age and continue to live a life inspired. Let them show you how being old can be new if you know what to do with your host, Terry Lorbeer. Hello and welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers. My guest today is Ellen Violette. Ellen is a multiple number one best-selling author, award-winning book and business coach, host of the Book Open Doors podcast, and CEO of Creative Splash Marketing and a Grammy-nominated songwriter. She works with creative visionaries who want to write a book because they have a tribe and following who are hungry and waiting for it. Welcome, Ellen. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Good. I'm great, too. So let's start by sharing a little bit about yourself and your journey. Give us some of your ups and downs, because we're all boomers and we've had them all, too. And then what brought you to where you are today? Well, I grew up in a very professional family, and so that's just what was expected. And I was on the path to do what was expected. And my first hiccup was in graduate school. I was in a program that I had no business being in. I was at uh, UCLA in a graduate school for architecture. And my background was social sciences and, and I had a minor in English. And I'd been recruited. They were looking for people from the social sciences at that time to make buildings more humane. And I was so a fish out of water that even though, I mean, I got good grades, but I also got some incompletes. And I was just, my life was just not my own. And I was so unhappy that I became agoraphobic. And I couldn't leave my house for like six months. I was just having one big anxiety attack. Mm. And I ended up going into therapy. Luckily, she was right down the street <laughs> from where I lived. So that I could get lucky. there. Yeah. <laughs> and I had been writing since I was a kid, since like, you know, junior high school, journals and poems and things like that. And so I read some of my stuff to her and she said, have you ever thought of being a songwriter? I was like, no, that's not in the realm of possibility in the world I grew up in. <laughs> but it was intriguing to me. And what ended up happening was I basically had to change my entire life. I had to go against my family. I had to break up with my boyfriend, who was a great guy and a great family. So I wasn't just breaking up with him. I was breaking up with the whole family who I thought were going to be my in-laws. Mm. And I quit graduate school and everybody was begging me. All the teachers were begging me to stay. And my parents thought I was insane because I only had one more year of a three-year program. And also UCLA was right down the street from where I lived. And so I got into their extension program and I fell madly in love with songwriting. Mm. And I became a songwriter and I did that for the next 20 years. 20 years. Wow. Yeah. That is a yeah. long time. And I got a Grammy nomination. Mm -hmm. And after that, like, I thought, okay, good, I'm on my way. And like a couple of years went by and I didn't get another cut, first of all. Mm -hmm. And then my parents both passed away within 11 months of each other. And I, had, my husband and I had built a world-class studio in the house I grew up in and I had to sell the house. 
So I not only lost the house, but I lost my living. I lost everything. Oh, wow. You did. Yeah. Mm. And so that's kind of what happened there. And our house had been severely damaged by the Northridge earthquake. And we lived kind of where the Santa Monica freeway went down, if you're familiar with Los Angeles. But our street looked like a war zone, basically. So we ended up having a lawsuit against the insurance company because they were acting in bad faith. And the problem was, is that my parents, my dad was gone by that point, but my mom, they just waited for her to die because they knew she was dying so that they didn't have to pay. And so it was essentially like a $5 million lawsuit. And we ended up only getting what we needed to fix the house. So uh, my husband and I fixed the house. And the problem was that I had a sibling and we did not see eye to eye on what should happen. And I was the executor. And that became a whole family to do that was very stressful for many, many years. Mm. And so, but in the meantime, we fixed the house and we got money out of the house. But the problem was I didn't know how I was going to make a living. I had never really made a living. I mean, I had been a copy editor in the 70s and made like $5 an hour. I couldn't live on that in the night. <laughs> okay you know, in the nineties. Uh-uh. And then I had been a, a, a publicist for a comedy club. And so it just, you know, I, I just, I was beside myself. I just didn't know what I was going to do, but I got this money. And so everywhere we went, I was like in tears. Cause like my parents were our best friends and, you know, and I, that's where I had grown up. And so, and we, socialized a lot. We went out to dinner a lot. I had a really easy life. My parents had a lot of money and we traveled and we had nice cars and I could basically do and have whatever I wanted within reason. <laughs> and, uh, you know, cause my dad said, you're, as you get older, you're, the price of your toys is going up. I can't afford you anymore. You know, <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyway, so we moved down to San Diego from Los Angeles and we bought a condo. And it was right when the market started to take off in the 90s. And we just didn't have a big margin for error. And we made a mistake in a way because we would have made more money if we just sat on what we already had. But instead, we sold it. We started buying, fixing, and selling houses because that's how we had made money. Mm -hmm. And then the market got too hot. And so we couldn't do it anymore because we couldn't get financing. And we moved back to Los Angeles. And we took a property management job just so that we could stop the bleed and figure out what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And I was in my late 40s at that time, and some things happened there. And I got one of the things that happened was I got really sick. Mm. And I felt like the world was passing me by. Everybody else was living their life. And I just felt like I was dying, like emotionally, physically, you know, everything. And I was. I, I lost 30 pounds in a month. And I was actually had been, actually been going to a holistic MD to, to get stronger. And instead, I was starting to like fade away. And they wanted to put me in the hospital. But what happened was I was like becoming allergic to everything. And I, I couldn't stop being able to eat. Everything was like turning toxic in my body. And they, when they wanted to put me in the hospital, my husband and I looked at each other and said, so now you want to feed me intravenously stuff that's already making me sick. That doesn't sound like a good plan. No. <laughs> no. Right. Uh-uh. And so my husband got online and he found this doctor and she described my symptoms to a T and it was called environmental illness where I basically became, everything was toxic to me. Right. And 
I wanted to work with her, but she wasn't seeing clients anymore, patients anymore. And that was scary, but she'd written a book and the book was called Detox or Die. And that book saved my life. Wow. That is really incredible. Yeah. Incredible. But yeah, you were so sick. I'm sure a lot of people picked that book up that are having some problems, but you were, you were dying. Right. You were dying with, unless you took, yeah, some advice from that book. Yeah. Wow. And so, you know, and like a lot of people, I thought one day I'll write a book. I don't know what it's going to be about, but one day, you know, one day I know I'm going to write a book. My mom had decided one day she was going to write a book. She went into her bedroom and came out a half hour and said, I wrote my book. It's one page. I have nothing else to say. And we all cracked up, you know, right. (laughs) And my grandmother was an English teacher. My grandfather was a night editor of a paper. It's like in my genes. My niece now is also a writer. And so I was like, crap. I mean, what if I wait too long and I never write a book? Yeah. And so that was a wake up call for me. And so I got online and I found this New York Times bestselling author and I bought a consultation with him. And, and at this point I was going, oh, am I too old? Can I do this? <laughs> right. 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 And I laugh now because that was before I even started my business 16 years ago. Right. So, you know, <laughs> but he uh, looked at my writing and he said, oh, this is great. Now what you have to do is just start sending stuff out on spec. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I did that for 20 years in the music business. It didn't get me very far. Mm-hmm. And there are gatekeepers who tell you what you can do and what you can't do. And it totally stifles your creativity. And I was afraid of writing a book proposal because I didn't know how. And just the whole thing was scary to me. And I just didn't want to do that. And so I was like, okay, so what can I do? Hmm. And so around that time, I discovered ebooks. And so I go, oh my God, like you can do this digitally on your own now <laughs> and get directly to your audience and you don't have to worry about anybody rejecting you or, and you don't have to write a book proposal. I was like, that's for me. You went, yippee. <laughs> yeah, I was running through the house. Kristen, Kristen, I, I'm so excited. This is what I'm going to do. Right. And so I decided to write my first book. And at that point, I had already decided, okay, how am I going to make a living? And you have to start with what your skills are. And I knew how to write. And I, like I said, I'd been a publicist and an editor. And so I had started writing copy for people, you know, websites and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I very quickly became disillusioned with it because people didn't understand that marketing copy, it's not whether you love it or not, it's whether it connects with your audience and sells what it is you want to sell. And instead, they would get all caught up in their ego and they'd make it all about them. And it just wasn't rewarding and it was trading time for money. Right. So I had started just learning internet marketing and I had taken a publicity class and or I was taking a publicity class and I, there was this course and it was called Teleseminar Secrets. And that was the big deal at that point that we didn't have blogs. We didn't have WordPress. We didn't have social media. We didn't have any of that stuff. Right. But (laughs) one of the first things that I learned in that course from Alex Mandosian was that the money's not in the books. The money's in teaching what's in the books. In other words, becoming a coach. Right. Well, that was disheartening because I wanted to write books, (laughs) you know, and that, and so, and, I would say so many authors go through that. Like they want to write, they don't want to be a marketer, but you have to put on your marketing hat first if you want to be a successful author. 
And so I thought, okay, well, I'll try coaching. And about that same time, I was writing my first book. And that first book was about moving because that's what we'd been doing. And people were saying I was really good at it. And I knew I could save people money when they moved. Mm -hmm. So I I was writing the first book, but it was painful. Oh, (laughs) my God. There was one book and there was one e-course and I couldn't get any coaching and I like needed more help. And so finally, I just, I hired just a regular coach, you know, and he didn't have a system and it was just, you know, he was kind of like a support system, but it was expensive and it wasn't really help, that helpful and it was frustrating. And I was like, damn, there's got to be a better way. Right. Right. And we were going to the big conference at that time was called the big seminar with Armin Morin. And I said, oh, I'm sure I'll find somebody there. And so we go there and there was still nobody there to, that was doing that. And I thought, well, this is crazy. I know I can figure out something better than what's out there. And so that's what I'm going to do. And so I became, back then it was, I was the ebook coach. So I was the very first one in the world doing coaching. Really? And, That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. And I created this program. Today it's called Write Your Best Seller in Seven Days Boot Camp. And I just kept teaching it. I've taught it 31 times since 2004. Mm. And and it's been quite a journey. As I said, I mean, I was very sheltered. And what I didn't say was I was very good in school. I always got good grades. And that was kind of my ace in the hole. Because mm-hmm. there were a lot of things that were not fun growing up. And my husband and I were just actually having this conversation last night. He says I was the ugly duckling that turned into a swan (laughs) because I was overweight. I had buck teeth. I wore glasses and I was taller than everybody else. Really? I never could picture that. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And my name rhymed Ellen Watermelon. And so I was bullied. I was teased. Oh, my Um, goodness. I was not liked by boys at all. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever liked me that I liked. Right. Even, right. even when I lost the weight, even when I got thin, I was, you know, anyway, it was just oh, a, it was a nightmare story. growing up, growing <laughs> wow. up. Wow. But anyway, but let me tell everybody there's hope because my husband loves and adores me the way I am and thinks I'm the most beautiful thing that ever walked the earth. So. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there's someone for everyone out there. There really is. Sometimes yeah. they're hard to find, but they're out there. Well, mine was 22 years older. And so I resisted for quite a while, but but then my mom's friend said, look, would you rather spend, you know, maybe 30 years with someone you adore or 50 years with someone you don't love or don't love enough or, you know, whatever. Exactly. So. And he's still around. And so. he's still around. He's 90. <laughs> oh, 90. That's incredible. So he, I you, know. you can't judge people by that and say, well, because my sister, my, one of my younger sisters married a guy three or four years younger than her. And unfortunately he already passed away. So she was thinking he was going to be around much longer. My husband's five years older than me. My sister's husband's seven years older than her. She married the young one. He's already passed. And both of our husbands are still around. So you just don't know. No, you don't know. And one of the things that really struck me was when I was still in, I was still in the writing community when I met my husband and there was a woman who was part of the songwriter showcase, which was a very famous place where they groomed writers and uh, Stevie Nicks came through there and Diane Warren is one of the top writers in the world and different people. And her husband passed away, had a heart attack at 48. And I was like, that's it. I'm marrying my husband. Yeah. Another wake up call. Right. Exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah. Right. So anyway, so that's what happened with that. But did, what was I saying? So I did that and it was really easy when I started. I mean, because I had the right skills. I'm good at taking things and putting them together, you know, creating mm-hmm. new things. Right. So it was really fun until it wasn't. <laughs> right. Because the recession hit in 2008. Oh, I got sick again. I had a major illness. Oh, wow. And by 2009, I had to sell all my heirlooms, all my mom's jewelry, my wedding ring, everything just to stay in business. Oh, my gosh. And from there, it just was hard for a long, long, long time. Mm -hmm. Long time. And part of the reason it was hard was because when I got in in 2004, like I said, first of all, it was very easy. And Mm -hmm. then second of all, I was used to things being somewhat easy. I mean, like, being good at stuff was always my fallback. That was where I could always kind of be safe. And suddenly it wasn't working. And it, and my self-esteem really took a hit. That was, you know, really hard. And that was part of it. But then also the internet was changing and social media came in and blogs and video and all this other stuff. And what I was doing didn't work anymore. So like where I used to get 200 people on a webinar, I was suddenly getting 20 people on a webinar. Mm. So my conversion rates were always high, but I just wasn't getting out to enough people. But I was burned out and I was exhausted and I was angry and I was bitter because I'd done what they said and it wasn't working, you know? And it was kind of like the bigger thing was I, my parents had said, you know, just be nice and get good grades and somehow life's going to work out. And that didn't happen either. And I saw people, I saw people who were really horrible to me in school doing great. And here I was struggling. And my attitude sucked, basically. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I felt like I'd been ripped off, you know, and and lied to. And people were also saying, well, you'll be on the beach 24-7. And I still see this on Twitter. It's like, oh, just work hard for six months and everything's gonna work out. Not necessarily. No, you're you right. Know? Not necessarily. No, nope. and you really have to understand, which I did not at the, in the beginning, what your business model is gonna be. What lifestyle do you want? And also what happens, and I've had this conversation with several of my friends now that we're older. I look a lot younger than I am. I'm, I'm 68. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, people usually don't think. Yeah, I'm, they go, you, uh, you look great. Yeah, <laughs> but I am. And what I've noticed happens as you get older, it's like, you don't want to work as hard. Like you're, you get more tired, you know, and you've had enough and you've been doing it a long time. And if you don't create a lifestyle that works for you and then a business model that fits in there, Mm -hmm. you will reach a point where you just are burning out. Yes. You know, and that's really what happened to me. Mm. And so it got so bad. Well, and you have to understand I was making money the whole time, Mm -hmm. but it was just deflating. Because right. it wasn't what it had been. It was right. way more of a struggle. And then what also being a creative person, it was like boredom set in. And it's like, you kind of have to understand what your strengths are and figure out how can I play to that and do less of the stuff I don't like, more of the stuff that keeps me creative and keeps me engaged. Because that's another thing about getting older, right? If you're not engaged, like to me, it's a miracle how my husband is still alive. Like he doesn't have a hobby. He doesn't like... Wow, he there does. Any, yeah, that's unusual. No, I mean, it's like what he has though is a is a desire to stay around for me. Well, that's good. Right, that's, that's good. his thing, you know. But he yeah. doesn't like have you know, and he does watch the TV, like politics, and staying involved in that sort of way. Um, and he's very passionate about that. But 
being a lifetime learner is a big part of it. I mean, if you can always keep reinventing yourself, if you are interested in life, if you're interested in learning, if you're interested in new things, if you have goals that you still want to reach and, you know, and you can always make new ones. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so that's that, but also it's a lot of it is attitude. And, And I really got to the point where my business shifted from doing the launches, product launches in the bootcamp, because I was kind of burned out on it at one point. And I started doing bestseller launches. And I just fell into that where I just figured out how to do it just by looking at it. I mean, nobody taught me. I just did it. And I have 100% success rate taking authors to number one. And I've been doing that since 2012. So then my business became all about that. And then what happened was that I was trying to, well, I was also working with you know clients one-on-one but my business became a lot referral and I just wasn't getting enough of them. And, and like I said, the main thing is my attitude wasn't good and I just wasn't really into it, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So that was about 2018. And I just hit a point in 2018 where it's like either quit or figure out something else. Cause this isn't working and you, this has been going on way too long. Right. And I had a mentor that I had bought a course from, and that course was lifetime. So I could go back anytime and, you know, get in the Facebook group and talk to him and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I went on one of his webinars and he was saying how he helped this colleague, friend of mine, turn her life around and build, buy a house and all this. I called him up and I go, I want that. I want that. How do I, how <laughs> I, do I get that? that? Right. And he said, well, first of all, you should start a podcast. Wow. And, part, and part of me was like, oh, God, I took this course on podcasting like 10 years ago and I didn't do anything. And I'm so mad at myself, you know. Right. But I was like, but, but then I was thinking, but I, I think I would really love having a podcast because when I think back to being in college, like, what did I love to do? I love to sit and talk about life and issues and we'd hang out in coffee houses and just chat, you know. I thought, yeah. That's a pretty good fit for me. So I started a podcast. Wow. So tw- when did you do that? 2018? Yeah. 2018. Great. 2018. Yep. Yep. And so, but here's the thing. I didn't have any money at that point mm-hmm. to like hire a coach to teach me. I had to pretty much figure it out on my own. And I did what he told me to do. Mm-hmm. And I worked on it for like nine months. And I was like so much resistance because it was like, I don't want to do what he wants me to do. I don't want to, <laughs> this isn't what I want to talk about. This isn't how I want to do it. I don't right. see how this is really is where my expertise is. He was saying, well, you're good at webinars. You're good at email marketing. You can teach all this stuff. It's like, ah, oh, I can do it, but can I teach it? I, I don't know. And do I want to? And uh, no. So I scrapped the whole thing after nine months and I started again doing what I had wanted to do in the first place. And the big lesson was you can, you know, have all the mentors in the world, but listen to, ultimately you got to listen to your gut too. It has to be a balance and you know, you know, what's, what is good for you ultimately. Absolutely. I talk about that in a lot of podcasts, always listen to your gut. If it's telling you, eh, it's not really for me or you don't have the passion for it. No, listen to your gut. So the podcast, right, but good. also, you, also you always have to check in and go, is this fear or is this real? That's true. That's right. True. Because yeah. sometimes it's your ego telling you no, because right. it wants to keep you safe and it's not really the right thing. Sometimes you have to do it just to find out it's what you don't want. That's true. And that's okay too. That's a lesson. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there's no, the, a big lesson for me was there's no such thing as failure. It's a lesson. Right. It's a success right. or it's a lesson that and I now you check that off. off. I don't like that. Done with that. Next. Right. Exactly. And you have to do that sometimes. Exactly. 
So I did that. And I started like in October, I went through December and I thought, oh, I got all these podcasts lined up and it went like that. I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is a lot of work. Yeah. And then in January of the next year, and I go through this every January depression, like I didn't do as much as I thought I was going to do. I didn't make as much as I thought I was going to make. I go through this whole thing every year. And I think so, we all do as entrepreneurs. Right, I think right. it's, yeah, it's rampant. Okay. <laughs> and so just about that time, a friend of mine came and said, you've got to go through the one funnel away challenge with Russell Brunson. It's awesome. Blah, blah, blah. So I said, okay, I'm going to do that. And I explained it to my husband and he thought that just sounded great. And he wanted me to do it. He was all in. And so I created some new programs for my funnel. For people who don't know what a funnel is, it's like you get people into something for it can be like a, a, a small amount or something for free. And then you have graduated offers that, and you're building your list. And the way Russell teaches it, one of them is also paying for your advertising. So you're not spending thousands and thousands on advertising if you're not making the money. And that was the thing that was really attractive. Yes. So <laughs> I created these lower end programs and I got the thing like three quarters built. And then it wasn't working. Like my guy, my web guy had told me he could do it and he did it wrong. And then a whole bunch of time started going by and I kind of like, it kind of fizzled at that point. And then I went back, but I learned some stuff and I learned how to tell my story better. That was like Mm -hmm. one of the huge things that I learned from Russell. And one of the other things I learned from Russell that was like mind blowing to me was when he said, I mean, he created this business and he was so depressed, he didn't want to get out of bed. And he had like 60 people working for me, was making millions of dollars, and he was miserable. Really? And, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Ooh. And I was so grateful that he told that story because remember, I said I had been burned out. I wasn't unhappy. It all went back to not creating a business based on a lifestyle, but basing a business based on, oh, I can make money doing this. And at some point, money doesn't do it. Unless you're the kind of person who's totally motivated by money, and most of us are not. Yep. Yep. You know, and if you find yourself being resistant or it's not working or you're not moving ahead, it's probably because you're not motivated in some way, or you don't have the money to do the things you don't know how to do. Right. And you've got to figure out how to get the money to get the thing done if it is what you really, really want to do. Mm-hmm. So, those were the two big takeaways that I got from Russell. And then I went back to doing my podcast. So I started in June of 2019, and I've been doing it ever since. Oh, good for you. And I just found out last month that it's in the top 10% globally of all the podcasts in the world. That's wonderful. Which which shocked me because it's not that big, but it's very consistent. And my guests are amazing. And we have great conversations. And people either love it or or I'm not their cup of tea. And that's too bad. Right, right. That's great, right. though. Top 10%. Yeah. So that was really exciting. And there had been a time where I was like, oh, should I quit? Because like, I didn't see that much happening. But in the meantime, when I got into 2020, it was like, okay, I, now I was kind of on the path. I didn't know what the path was, but I knew I was on a path, right? I started the podcast. I learned the storytelling and being a lifelong learner, I just kind of kept following whatever I was impressed to do. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, when I first started, you didn't need to know anything about business. It was just easy, but now you do. So I'm going to take a course that teaches you how to run a business. And so I did that. 
And the other thing that had happened, so many things had happened in the past because of the illnesses, we'd gone bankrupt. Another hard lesson had been where not only had I been sick, so I had put money away so that I could take time off to recover, but I also had an opportunity with with a, a colleague where he told me we were going to get this contract, I was going to get 15 grand, and he kept saying, I'm sure we're going to get it, I'm sure we're going to get it, and I didn't have a backup plan, we didn't get it, and Ooh. I ran out of cash flow, and we got evicted. So now we couldn't find a place to live, we didn't have any credit, I mean, it was a nightmare, we were, you know, for all intents and purposes, we were homeless for a minute, but I, we found a, a private person who was willing to rent to us, we were there a few years, but then they had a mansion with like six apartments underneath, but it wasn't up to code. And the neighbors got mad and called the city and everybody got kicked out. Oh, and then we, and then we really, and then we really became homeless. You have now, had so many, I don't know another person that has had that many things happen sick and then sick again. And the recession that I, it's incredible that you're even sitting here and you're still <laughs> smiling. I love it. <laughs> Believe me, I have my moments, but anyway, but there, it's, it's gotten way better, you know, but in some ways, but here's the thing. So now we really were homeless and that was awful. Let me tell you guys, that was awful. You know, we put a lot of our stuff in storage. We sold a lot of stuff and we started looking for more of a temporary place. We found this place in, in uh, Palm Springs for a while. Um, it was like a condo apartment thing where it was like the people owned the condos, but then they, they rented them out at, like a hotel and we could, we could do that by the week. And then we couldn't even afford that. And we ended up going to Vegas and staying in a hotel for a while because it was really cheap there, like 35 bucks a night and schlepping all your stuff. And, you know, and then you've got it in the car and then we couldn't see out the back window. I had a couple car accidents where I backed into things because I couldn't oh, see. Right. It, was, it was a nightmare. Oh. And then finally, and I kept looking, you know, for a place. And part of the problem of not finding a place was just that we had very specific things because I'd been so ill. I became allergic to gas. So it had to be electric. I mean, we had all these things we needed. In yeah. the meantime, I got sick again, oh. you know, but this time I didn't have the means to help myself the way that I had the first time. And so I had to go really holistic and, you know, just do my own thing and pray. And I'm still here. That was 2011. Oh, wow. You've come a long way since then. So yeah. And yeah. anyway, and then I found a place down here in San Diego and we drove all the way down here from Vegas <laughs> and we get there and it doesn't look anything like the pictures and it's like barren and like a prison. And it's so depressing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. So we go back to Vegas and then I find another one down here and we come down again <laughs> and it was, it was nice. It was in a hotel, but they had like studio suites with a kitchen so that's what we did. So we went there and that was supposed to be temporary for like six months. And we stayed eight years. Oh my gosh. Eight years. <laughs> and the thing was, it was, you know, we were tired of moving around. I don't blame you. That's right? not easy. And, and we got free maid service and free utilities. And, you know, it was, and, and it was, it was very nice at first. Uh -huh. And looking back, my husband and I were cracking up once we finally moved because it was like there were times we could have moved. We just gotten too complacent and exhausted, and you know, we just kind of just kept staying. But then it got really weird because of COVID. Because what they did was they moved us. They moved us to another side of the building. It was dark. We started having mold. It was ruining some of our stuff, and they put homeless people on the other side. 
And then they decided they were going to redo the pool and they were ha- jackhammering right outside our window like every day. <laughs> and as it was getting deeper and deeper into COVID, the, the natives were getting restless. Like people, there was a lot of yelling, like really late at night and screaming and people smoking and we couldn't open the window. It just got to the point where the universe was like, get get out, out of <laughs> get <here."> out. <laughs> right. And so, and as luck would have it right at that time, my friend was moving and she had all this extra furniture. And so we found this place and at the beach, back at the beach where we had lived before and it worked out, you know, it just worked out. But I mean, even now we don't have furniture yet in the living room. (laughs) We just moved, you know, we just got here a couple of months ago. Yeah. But but we laugh because it's like, we've had to replace certain things that we had before. And we go, wow, what happened to that? Or what happened? And it's like, and we feel like we're slowly coming back to civilization, like replacing yes. things and getting kind of back to normal life, you know? Right. But we're so grateful now. It's like we go outside and it's so beautiful here and it's so peaceful and it's so wonderful. And we not only got a one bedroom, because we got, we got a one bedroom with a lot. So I got an extra. <laughs> you know? but, um, but, it's, but it's amazing. I mean, just the timing and all the things that happen. And when we put our stuff in storage, I had all of my demos. I had like $70,000 worth of demos my whole life in music and they lost them. Oh, no. They lost them. So when we got our stuff out, all my stuff was gone. Oh, I, to gosh. this day, I don't know what the hell they could have done with everything, but oh. it, was, it was heartbreaking. I do have the DAT tapes. But we can't go back in and redo vocals or anything like we don't have the oh, tracks. Yeah so, yeah. so that was not great. And so well, yeah, maybe this, so the, the universe was telling you to let go and just go with the flow now. New, new, new music. Yeah. Yep, new new music. time, new things. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But anyway, so but to get back to the journey, I took the course in January. And by this time, oh, my point was that I had now like gotten my credit back to over 700. You know, I, mm-hmm. we kind of started, I just started working from 2018 on getting my life back, mm-hmm. you know, getting my credit back and all that kind of stuff. And also in the meantime, my husband's a veteran. And in those years, we were really struggling. We had no safety net. Well, what we found out through Facebook, one of my clients said, I got my dad, his VA benefits, and you should look into that for your husband. And I did. And it turned out he was entitled to them. And that made me very angry because he should have been getting them for the last 50 years. And they don't tell you. They don't tell you. You have to go and ask. Exactly. It is terrible. And especially for you and your husband when you desperately needed that help. We needed it. And my husband not only was a veteran, but he was a veteran with a purple heart. Oh, really? Wow. He deserved that money. He deserved but that money. But they'll never let you go back. That's lost. That's right. Ter- I, I get upset about that too. That yeah, people it is don't terrible. know what benefits are out there for them. That's right. And so anyway, so we got that. That was the first thing that really helped us too. Because yes. now we knew that we would always at least be able to pay the rent, even if there was nothing else. We weren't going to be on the street. So that was really important. And then... You know, so I really want to stress that, like, go and look for benefits, look for grants, look for anything you can. If you need, uh, you know, if you need help with a bottom, I know a lot of people haven't saved. You know, my thing was always, oh, I know I'm going to make a lot of money in this business. You know, I was making over $100,000. I was on my way to making two fifty dollars before the, the recession. So it didn't occur that I wasn't going to have time to put stuff away. And then, and then everything fell apart. So, uh, so that was huge for us, too. But 
then when COVID hit, it ended up being a huge blessing for us because all these people were teaching all this stuff for free online. They were doing all these challenges and, and then they started doing these three-day events that were cheap. So, you know, I could go to a three-day event and I could even become a VIP and it only cost me $197 and I had a credit card. So, you know, I could put out a little bit of money and I started to really change my mindset by hanging, by buying courses with people who made a lot of money, millions of dollars, who had followings of people who were making money. Because part of what had happened in my business too was that in the beginning, when the prices were very low and anybody could afford my prices, as I raised my prices, I was pricing people out and I wasn't replacing them with people who could afford my new prices. And that was also part of why I was having so much trouble making money because I knew I was worth more, but I wasn't getting in front of my ideal audience. So what I learned was I had to start spending money again to get in with the places I needed to get to, to be seen by people who could afford me. And as people probably know by this time, there were people who lost everything in COVID, but there were people who made a ton of money in mm -hmm. COVID. Oh too. yeah. It went both right. ways. Either it you did really ways. well or you did terrible. Right. And I, I'm kind of an anomaly because I didn't make a lot of money last year, but it was because my focus was learning. I, I really didn't care if I made money last year. I didn't have to make a lot of money. I just, if I make a little money, we're fine. And I wanted to learn. And so, but when COVID hit, then I said, okay, well, I'm going to take this other course. And that course was product launch formula with Jeff Walker, because I had stopped getting referrals and I would get $15,000 for a referral client, but I didn't have enough of them. And so there were months where we'd, I, we didn't have any money coming in. So I'm like, okay, so I'm going to go, go back to my boot camp, but I can't do it the way I did it because the last two times it didn't work very well. And I had tried in 2018. I only got one person. I ended up working with her one-on-one. -on -one, and that was when I hit my low point. It was like, oh, my God. Like, I can't even get people into this. What am I going to do? So I did that. And... I started working on doing my next launch. But in the meantime, I saw all these people doing these challenges. And one of the things that I realized was Jeff's uh, system wasn't going to, I didn't think was totally going to work for me. There were things that he did in there that just weren't structured enough for me, given what my skills are. But I saw all these people doing challenges and I thought, I could do that. I could do that because I'm a really good teacher and I can, I can get them real results in my challenge. So I'm going to do that. But I use some of the techniques that he recommended as well, like getting ready for the launch and things like that. So I did that. And, and then I started going to his events and the, the business coaches events. And I went to one of these events for $197 and I made $1,800 in a breakout room. Thank you. Wow. I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, and then I started getting some clients from Facebook posts. And then I, I helped a client during the last summer. She wanted to do a crowdfunding and I helped her sell 6,000 books of her book to get a publishing deal. And most people never sell more than, what is it, 250 or 500 yeah, books not in their entire life. It's low. Right. And I yeah. personally sold a third of those books for her. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. So I, like things were starting to give me wins is my point. I was starting to get some wins. And I wasn't spending a ton of money to do it, but I was you know, starting to invest in myself again and believe in myself again, little by little, you know? So that's what I did. And then I did my first challenge the beginning of, of uh, 
this year. So oh, I did the first challenge. And one of the things I did love about Jeff's class, because this is one of the things that I think is wrong with entrepreneurship, is when people don't tell the truth about the journey. And so one of the things that I love that he said was like, don't expect your first, whatever it is, you know, his was launch or mine was in a challenge. Don't expect it to be great. Like, you know, every once in a while, the first one they go, oh, you know, it was her first one and she made $18,000 or, oh, it was her first one and she had 500 people. That's not Um, normal. Yeah. It's not not normal. normal. It's not real. But because I was an overachiever and I usually got what I wanted, I expected this kind of stuff. And then when it didn't happen, I would just be so depressed and deflated. You know, and also because that was the thing that I was all so good at when it wasn't happening, it affected my identity because I'd become so dependent on that for making me feel okay about myself. And so that was a, an issue. But I did the, the uh, challenge and I did the boot camp. And of course, I was disappointed. You always hope you'll have more. But I made enough to pay for the course and make some money. Yeah, that's good. You know? And so that was good. And so then I continued on the journey and Clubhouse came in. And then that was the big thing, right? Yep, yep. And you're like, and I know what goes through people's minds because you go, oh my God, not another thing to do, <laughs> right? Not yeah, another thing. Yeah, you do think that. Oh, don't I already have to, learn. to do? <laughs> right. And I had, I had resisted Instagram. Like I was not using Instagram at all, uh-huh. right? And then I get into Clubhouse and guess what? You have to have Instagram, for people yes, to you contact do, you, right? right? I know. Yeah. Like, oh my God! Now I got to get into Instagram to yep. get into Clubhouse. But I like Clubhouse because I had only done like two or three being a moderator on other people's stages, and I got a client. I'm like, That's okay, great. I love Clubhouse. I think right? it's great. Yeah, right. This is pretty neat. So I go, uh-huh. okay, yeah. So one of the things that I want to say to people is like, if you really get clear on what your skills are. Mm-hmm. And you really get clear on what you love to do and what, what is a non-negotiable for you. And you use that as your guiding light. It will make your journey a lot easier. Oh, that's a good advice. Yeah. You know, so when I decided, okay, now I'm going to do my challenge and my boot camp again, what are the main ways that I'm going to promote this? It's like, okay, well, what's working for me? Well, Facebook is working for me. My podcast is working for me. Clubhouse is working for me. So that's kind of my triangle right now. I would love to do Facebook ads, but I haven't tried it yet. Right. You know, you have to and, be careful. They can be expensive right. until you really know what you're doing. Right. So that's, so, so now we're going back to finishing that funnel. Right. <laughs> that we started before. Okay. Right. But the point is just, you know, yeah, you can get overwhelmed and especially as a boomer, I mean, you've got to be careful. You've got to protect your health. You do. First, you know, you've got to drink enough water. I've got my water sitting right here. Mm-hmm. My water. I'll drink your water. Yep. Take a sip. <laughs> You've been doing all the talking. Take a sip. <laughs> uh, you know, get some sun every day and do something every day that you enjoy doing. You know, I've for a long time, I didn't do things that I love. I, I didn't read books anymore. You know, I was too busy learning and working and all this. I've really cut down. Like when I first started my business, I was working seven days a week, like Ugh. 18 hours a day. Yeah. And then I was working, you know, six days a week, 18 hours a day. And little by little, I cut down. Now, by the time I get into my office, it's usually about, it's usually 10 or 11 a.m. I usually am done at six. I mean, unless there's really a reason that I have to be beyond there, I'm out of there, whether, you know, regardless. And I've learned, well, there's more to the story, what happened next with, with what I learned. But 
one of the things that I did learn was the whole thing about non-negotiables and not working with people that you don't enjoy working with because they'll zap your energy. That's another way. You know, you have to have they self-care. absolutely will, and yeah. So, right, yeah. so you have to learn to say no to what you don't want. And, and for a lot of us, that's hard to do. You know, I'm a natural caregiver. Growing up, my mom came first and my I would do anything to please her instead of me, you know? Right, right. So I have to be careful with that. But I found that like, you know, having applications and saying no to people that you know are just not good for you or firing people that are exhausting you. Yeah, You absolutely. have to take care of yourself, the old, especially the older that you get. Yeah. And, you know, and so we, we eat all organic, no junk food, no sugar. Mm. Uh, I've actually become vegan, which I never thought would happen to me. I, I loved steak. I loved lamb chops. Now I can't stand it. Right. You know? But yeah. So anyway, but by my point was, uh, but by putting myself in, in a place, and I've heard this so many times, but what I gave you today is more a practical way to do it, not just saying it, you know, where they say what you're the, the five people that you hang out with the most are going to affect your income the most, right? Well, that's one thing to say that, but how do you do that? Well, that's how you do it. Like go to challenges, go to, you know, to events where you can get in for a small amount on a VIP if you don't have the cash to do more. Like build up your, you know, your skill, your tolerance and your relationships so that you keep moving in the right direction of where you're trying to go. So what happened next was that I was on Clubhouse and there's a mentor to the mentors whose name is Joel Bauer. And so many of the people that I respect just adore him. And I, I've never really vibed with the guy. And I, but I saw that he was in this clubhouse room and it was a small room. And I thought, well, maybe he'll be different in this small room than when he's just on the stage talking to millions of people and all that. So I'm going to go and I'm going to see what this is all about. And that decision changed my life. Did it really? Wow. Yeah, because he was in a room with a man called Ken Krell. And Ken Krell teaches how to do, what does he say? How to produce ridiculously irresistible virtual events. Oh, nice. And so we start talking on the, on the clubhouse and he goes, oh, I've heard your name for years and I've always wanted to meet you. I'm like, well, here I am. How about and, that? And so, and so we started talking. And so I invited him and, and Joel was just gushing about him, how amazing he is. And so I invited him on to speak on my podcast. And so he came and spoke on my podcast and we just got along really well. And we just had a lot of fun. And on the podcast, he says, well, would you like to give my program away to the people who sign up for your boot camp? It's a $2,000 program. And I'll give it to your people for free if they sign up for your boot camp. And so I said, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we started offering that. And then I thought to myself, well, if I'm offering this, I kind of should go and see what this yeah. is all about, right? Yeah, exactly. So when he had the next one, I went to the event. And it was amazing. Wow. I mean, it was just amazing. I mean, I, I love him to pieces, first of all. I think he's a right. great teacher. He was teaching things that were so different from what I had learned before. It was all very new to me. Even though I'd been doing challenges, it's kind of a little different structure. 
But within that, he was all not just teaching me the structure for the events, but also like different ways of thinking about like your pricing, you know, and when to change it and when to have, like, for instance, if you had something coming up, you know, you could have an early bird and then like, you know, and then you'd have a, a regular price and then you might have a, and he maybe had a different price afterwards if they wanted the video, you know, if they wanted all the recordings from before. So he had like three different prices. I'm like, oh, I never thought of that. So I was just going to have one price. And I was like, oh, I could have, oh, I can make yeah, more money. Right? That's right. And, uh, and it wasn't just those kind of things, but it was also just the way he just is so respectful of his own audience and making them feel appreciated and heard and seen. And I learned a lot just about how I wanted to interact with my clients and with my community. And, um, and so I ended up like jumping off the deep end, you know, and going into a, a high-end program that a year and a half ago would have been unimaginable to me. Right, right. Just unimaginable. Yeah. And so, uh, and I've grown. I mean, it's like he got on me to get, to get the, this, uh-huh. you know, I was holding my thing before. He said, my lighting wasn't good enough. He said, you got to get your lighting. I've got my lights here, you know, and um, he was saying, you're sitting too far back in your seat. So now I'm, I'm much more you know, forward. So, I mean, I've just learned so much. I learned so much, but the other courses that I took laid the groundwork for me to be in the place. Yes. Able to hear what he was saying and to be able to do what he wanted me to do. And, and his, and his belief in me, I mean, they all believed in me, but it's so interesting when you go into different communities, like Jeff's community is so big. Like I was in there for a year and I mean, this is just a fact. It's like, you know, there are 2000 people in there. So it's hard to really get personal attention. The stuff is great. You know, the information is great. And he does have coaches, but it's just, it's a different kind of a thing. Cans are much more intimate and you really get coached. You really get coached. Anyway, so the whole thing was just, it was just amazing to just watch my journey from 2018 and just kind of see how everything I did led to the next thing. And I had no clue really what I was doing or where I was going. And I'm now at the point of really understanding. I still don't know where I'm going, but, but I know I'm going somewhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. That's right. Right. And so I just keep going, yeah. you know? Yeah. But um, yeah. But, and I think also as you get older, it's, you've got to learn to stay in the now. I mean, my God, I had a woman on my, and this doesn't really have anything to do with age, but I had a woman on my podcast who I really enjoyed. And I thought, wow, I really want to do some more stuff with her. And two weeks later, she was killed in a car accident. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, 62, wow. year, 62 years old. Oh, It was like, oh my God, you know. Another wake up call. We never know. So That's right. That's yep. right. But, and also going back to my husband, it's like when somebody's that old, you live with that in the back of your head. But I, I was talking to a colleague and he was saying, oh, yeah, yeah, my mom's like 80 something. And every day I would go in and look to see if she's breathing. And I started cracking up because I do the same thing. Every morning when I get up, I go to make sure, you know, he's breathing. Yeah. Um, yeah. The truth is he may live 10 more years or 15 more years. I don't know. You know, he may outlive me. I don't know. He might. But, you never know. Wouldn't that right. be right? But it could happen. Yep. Right. But I'm just saying that. You do think differently as you get older. There is no question. You do, you do think differently. Absolutely. And you think differently about what's important to you. Yes. And yeah, 
So that's kind of the deal. But anyway, what I, I didn't even tell you this, but the truth is we haven't, we, the challenge is coming up again. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tell yeah. It's about in, it in case yeah. someone wants to join. Yeah. It's in three weeks. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So it starts July 26th. Okay. Is that three weeks? Yeah. July 26th. Yeah. It goes from July 26th till July 30th. It's called the five day bestseller breakthrough challenge. And Great. in the challenge, I take people from figuring out what their best idea is to write about through getting their outline. So we talk about, you know, what's the, the best topic for you? Who's your ideal audience? What is it they want that you can provide? And how are you going to position yourself in your book? And then getting your outline. My way of teaching is, is that if you get the outline right, mm-hmm. you've already established that you can have a bestseller because you set it up to connect to the audience. So it's going to sell. But too many people, when they write a book, they get an idea and maybe they do a brain dump and they do the outline, but they haven't done the research. And so they don't know if where the market is. They don't know if they're approaching, even if it's a good topic, are they approaching it the right way? Is what they wanted to do, has it already been done? Do you need to take a different, you know, come in from a different angle? So we go into all that and how to write your titles and, and all that. So it's for nonfiction writers you know, business books and like, you can do a memoir if it's like life lessons kind of deal, you know, some of them. And also I just want to say, you know, when I said I was the first ebook coach, there was a point at which when I started doing the bestseller launches and I was working with people that really all we do is we take one book and we do it as an ebook and a book. So we've kind of, we've switched over and now it's books, open doors is my company. You know, and the website is booksopendoors.com because it, it just didn't make sense anymore you know, to, to just say eBooks, but yeah, so that's the challenge and it's really exciting. And the sooner you get in, there are going to be some great bonus calls coming up. So the sooner you get in, the more of those you're going to get access to. So how do we go about getting in? If people that are listening want to go in, how do they do that? Where do they they go? go, They go to www.bestsellerbreakthrough.com. Okay. Bestseller breakthrough, T-H-R-O-U-G-H. Oh, okay. Dot com. Dot com. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'll have that in the show notes for those of you listening, but maybe you're walking and aren't near pen and paper. It will be in the show notes so you can get them later on. Great. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I so, think that's great. And so then that's have- really the journey. But I, like I said, I think I would just say that be curious. Yeah. And keep learning. That keep is a learning thing and that keep, a keep lot learning of and keep say. living. Right. Yep. Yeah. Keep learning and keep living. Keep living, stay engaged, stay healthy, you know, do a little bit of everything. You can't just be just focused on one thing. You've got to be a little exercising, eating healthy, you know, staying engaged. You got to do a little bit of everything. Balance. Balance. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, I have days where I get on myself because I didn't drink enough water or I get on myself, you know, because I didn't do this or I didn't do that. I think part of getting older too, is you just kind of learn to at least a little bit, even for a perfectionist like me, you got to start being a little easier on yourself. You do forgive yourself. Yeah. Yeah. We, we are too hard on ourselves. Absolutely. So that days behind you just trying to do better. And that's where having a community really helps too. And you see how other people accept you and they're not half as hard on you as you are on yourself. Right. It starts starts to like, kind of like, Oh, okay. I'm starting to get it. You know? Right. right. And I keep reading self-help books too. And I reread them right now. I'm rereading about three different books that I've read before. Yeah, me too. I underline, I highlight, and then I go back and 
you can't just read a self-help book. You've got to read it through and then pick out what you're going to do first. You've got to start taking action about what's in the book. So one thing at a time, don't overwhelm yourself, but you got to kind of read through it first and then pick what your action steps will be. Well, and reading it isn't enough. No, but also you hear it differently when you're in a different place. That's true. That's true. So a year from now, you take it back off the shelf. It's an entirely different book sometimes. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Because you're thinking different. Everything's different. So, yep. I appreciate that. So thank you so much for being my guest. Uh, You gave us so much information. I think my audience is going to love it. They're really going to appreciate you. So for those of you um, listening that want to find the show notes, you go to kickassboomers.com, click on Ellen's picture. It'll be right there. And then it'll open up all the show notes, everything we discussed today, all the links so that you can find it. Please Join Ellen's challenge. That sounds wonderful. So join that as soon as you can. And yeah, I, I think it's great. I yeah, and also if they, if they miss it, if they're hearing this later, they will still want to go to that URL because then they'll see when the next one is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If there is a next one, depending on when it, yeah. yeah. We'll, see what, we'll see what happens because we don't know where the journey's taking me. That's right. That's none of us know. And and we're all morphing and changing constantly. And that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. So thank you, Ellen. I really appreciate having you today. And I think my audience is going to love what you've shared. Thank you so oh, much. Thanks for having me. It's a You're pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old.